Clint. I do, I do, I do. And I want to play just a little clip because we're going to start talking about Putin But uh, and the interview with Tucker, Tucker's interview with Putin. But I want you to hear what our president told us uh, yesterday. Actually, I've got something really cool to show you at the end, but I'm going to start off with this. We have no choice. We don't want to do that. We have no choice. Dwight Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, was actually a pretty tough guy, tougher than people think. And he did it years ago. We will restore law and order. I will direct a completely overhauled DOJ to investigate every radical, out-of-control prosecutor in America for their illegal, racist, and reverse enforcement of the law. I'm also going to indemnify all police officers and law enforcement officials throughout the United States to protect them from being destroyed by the radical left for taking strong actions on crime. Yay. That is so awesome. Well, good morning, patriots. I'm so glad you're here with me on our live broadcast. So, uh, we need, I need to tell, actually, I need to go over on our channel and tell everybody that we are live. Let's get to come on over that we are here and we're live together. So, uh, give me a shout out. Hey, you guys, I, I'm starting now. <laughs> Kenneth55, I hope you're seeing me. You guys give me the thumbs up that we're all good. I'm going to just shoot this over to the, uh, at our, um, our channel. Let everybody know that we are live. We, are live so come on over yeah so anyway we're going to talk about putin today this interview that um tucker had with putin and it was quite something and um it's a two-hour video two-hour interview and the problem is it's been such a huge news cycle for the past several days it's been so busy i hadn't had time to to sit and listen to it and I'm, it's one of those things, and I've done this before. I've actually played videos uh, and, and, and gone piece by piece through Putin's interviews or when he was giving a speech or whatever. It's always so meaty, so insightful, so great. And that's why they don't want, didn't want Tucker to interview him at all. Uh, so likely we'll have to do this multiple times. This is really, uh, this is really good information for two hours so obviously if i broke down a two-hour video it would be five hours so we can't do that so we might probably will end up doing um this more you know each day all right so you guys are you are you seeing everything is a okay you hear me everything's uh we're all good give me the give me a give me a thumbs up that we're good so let's get started um so this is our wonderful president uh, talking about uh, before we get on to, to tucker we're going to talk about super quick uh this her H-U-R, which is a, a biblical name, which really, you know, amazing. But anyway, whose name is her? It's just such an interesting name. Clearly, it's his cabal name. And so he has, uh, he's walking in the footsteps of corrupt Rod Rosenstein and James Comey. So he's talking uh, here, they're, they're explaining here about, because he's a special counsel in this document deal where clearly, you know, the documents that were, Retained and shared by Biden that were classified documents, and they're, but they're not going to bring such a case. Just like James Comey wouldn't bring such a case against Hillary, and it's completely maddening. But I want you to see this. I love Ultra Maga. They're so awesome. Hasn't he been charged under this act? Why hasn't he? Question for you, sir. What can you tell us about the status of the FBI's investigation of President Biden's classified documents found next to his Corvette in Delaware and those found at the Penn Biden Center? Do we have an update on that, sir? 
What I can tell you is that there is an ongoing special counsel investigation led by Mr. Robert Herr, Robert Herr, Robert Herr, and we have FBI agents actively and aggressively with him on that case. Director, any agents who served on the Crossfire Hurricane investigation or the Mueller investigation, are any of those agents on Mr. Herr or Mr. Smith's special counsel team? I don't believe so, but I can't, on the top of my head, go through the list of There's a lot of agents involved in the two investigations, and so um, let me check into that and see if there's any way we can get back to them there. Which one of us is capable of the most deadpan expression? <laughs> I maintained my deadpan expression. It is hard to imagine the Justice Department without Rod Rosenstein. It is such a privilege to succeed you as United States Attorney for the District of Maryland. You have advised me that the most important thing I can do as U.S. Attorney is to hire good people. I followed that advice. We will continue to do our best to do this. Just so you know, when he means good people, he means <laughs> corrupt people. Thank you. I'm here today to announce the appointment of Robert Herr as a special counsel. I am confident that Mr. Herr will carry out his responsibility in accordance with the highest traditions of... With the highest traditions, the tradition of corruption. This department. Herr, special counsel, H-U-R. You know who Herr is? Rod Rosenstein's number one lawyer when Rod Rosenstein was the attorney general in charge of the Russiagate investigation where Devin Nunes and I sent him a dozen subpoenas and Rosenstein and Herr blockaded the response to those subpoenas because they wanted to cover up the corruption at the FBI and DOJ. Yep, that's what we got. That's what we're dealing with. Is, is it too loud? Tell me if this, if the, uh, if the, if the volume is is a okay or if it's too loud or whatever. Okay, so th I'm just so going to show you one more thing by, by our wonderful president yesterday in South Carolina, and it's he says it's not about the decline of Joe Biden. It's about how he's causing the decline of America. So great. I love. Who loves our president? I love our president Trump. The real problem facing our country is not Joe Biden's decline. The real problem is that Joe Biden is causing America's decline. He's causing it. Who the hell would allow people to pour into our country? Who would allow this? To yeah, I love our president. So, um, yeah, we're going to have another video, maybe tomorrow or whatever. I don't, well, actually, I have jury duty tomorrow. Uh, they're not going to pick me. They're not going to pick me. The last time I went to for jury duty, I was like the 100th per person. They won't pick me, but either way, I've got to go up there. So eventually I'll get a video out of our president uh, uh, at the South Carolina rally. That was just so, so great. So great. I like, I got to show you this too. This first brought tears to my eyes this morning. Look at this. How beautiful.
goodness, is that amazing? It's like my little, our little wiener dog buddy coming running toward me, but they're like <laughs> so huge. They're gentle giants. Isn't that sweet? And they're just like, hey, we've missed you. Where you been? That's so beautiful. All right, so let's get started on this Tucker thing. And y'all pray for me because I got I want to make sure that you guys understand what's going on. And it's just, it's so much. How do you break down a, a two-hour interview? And okay, the first thing is, you know, the media is flipping out. They do not want, um, you know, Tucker to interview Putin, especially because he played it from start to finish without any uh, any adjustments at all, without any edits at all. And that's what they don't want. That They don't want this man having freedom of speech on our, you know, on Twitter between Tucker giving him that platform to do that interview and then Elon having this platform of Twitter, it is just like they can't, they're flipping out. You know, this was journalism with Stephanopoulos and with Barbara Walters and all these who've interviewed him. That's all journalism. But when, when Tucker does it, it's treason. They don't like it at all. They're like, oh, he's just a puppet. Just let the man speak and let, let's, let's see what he has to say for himself. And oh my goodness. Get ready. Get ready. Okay, so the first thing that you need to know, and, and I shared this on the Telegram. If you guys are new, please, please, please go and join our uh, social media, uh, specifically on the, the Telegram. Um, this is where I post, and then I have wonderful patriots who make sure that, that these this, uh, these posts get over to Truth and Twitter and Getter. Okay, so please go and make sure that you join all those. If you want to make sure you're on the real Melly, because there's a fake Melly out there, go to freedomforce.live, freedomforce.live, and you can find all that. And then also you'll make sure that you'll get the exact right real Melly uh, Rumble and BitChute channels and, and where I post the videos. Now... And now make sure that you like, share, and subscribe. I'm so glad that we're doing a live because it's uh, the live stream is it's helping more people to find us. So keep sharing. Um, and so I really, really appreciate that. So our main message here is about end times, about how this is biblical. And as we see this, you're going to see that I, you know, President Trump knows <laughs> this is it. This is the end of Armageddon. 2024 is our final battle of Armageddon. And then Putin also knows that the world is changing. And there's, he says it's, there's no way to, to stop it, just like you can't stop the sun from coming up. It's just, this is what's happening. This is what is happening in, in, in the world. So it's very, very exciting. So make sure that you join there um, on those. And, and uh, turn on your bell for on Rumble specifically, because then you'll know when we're doing uh, a live stream, uh, as much as I try to post, but I might not always. All right, so what's the story with... Um, with Puda, uh, with uh, Tucker, he, um, I am so thankful for Tucker. I love him. I think, I think Putin red-pilled him. During this interview, and again, I really encourage you to go and watch the whole thing. You can go to TuckerCarlson.com and just, you'll see on there, the Vladimir Putin interview. You'll see he asks questions. Either he's an amazing actor or he is he is not really understanding that each of the nations does not have autonomy that they that the president doesn't have autonomy and the and the countries don't have autonomy they all have to do what the cabal says that's the way it has been until now that because it's uh, with, with president trump and, and the millennial kingdom coming this is where each nation will have its own freedom its own autonomy and we're, we're seeing that transition that's really what this whole period of time is this awakening and then transitioning and he talks a little bit about 
the the bricks and the and the and the financial transition. It's just you know the U.S. dollar. They're they're destroying the U.S. dollar on purpose, but they're wanting it where they have complete control. But you know Russia. And China and these BRICS nations have said, you know, we're not playing your little game anymore. So this is a this is biblical what's happening, and it's I just don't think that Tucker gets that. I don't think he understands that, and I I I, I, I love him to pieces. I'm like I said, I'm so so thankful for him uh, having using his uh, his uh, his his uh, his platform to do to do this, but um, he he it, as he, as he asks questions, he doesn't seem to understand the the control of the this globalist and he even asks that question so it or he's just a terrific actor he just may very well be a ter, just an amazing actor you guys can tell me what you think in the comments but i just have a feeling that he has been so in this bubble that he still hasn't come out of it and realized the extreme control of the cabal we call them the new world order it the bible calls it the 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 beast of revelation this is the this is the satanic uh antichrist really the antichrist that tries to run uh the world it's not an individual it's this gigantic group this this mafia cabal um it's run run you know controls by the the banks and all that all right so i want you to hear what he has to say because he doesn't like the fact that putin is you know, filibustering and talking about the history of Kiev. I refuse to call it Kiev. It's not Kiev. It's Kiev. And then and he goes into probably literally like the first hour. He's giving a history of this region. And, and you know, Putin didn't really, I'm sorry, Tucker didn't really appreciate him taking all this time. But that's what I've actually been talking about too. Like this is their historical land. This is their historical people. The people in Ukraine speak two basically two languages there is a ukrainian language but Zelensky had to literally learn this ukrainian language Isn't that crazy um so most of the people either speak russian because they're from it was always russia was gobbled up gobbled up by these this uh, coup d'etat and they gobbled up all this land they gobbled up portions of hungary they gobbled up portions of russia and they call it ukraine just like a play-doh they just mushed it together all right. So anyway, I want you to hear what he has to say that he, and, and I'm, I wish I could play the whole hour long history lesson. I really encourage everyone to go and do that. Maybe another day I will. And with with maps and showing it because he didn't, he didn't bring like a chart or a blackboard. All right. Interview with the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin, shot February 6, 2024 at about 7 p.m. in the building behind us, which is, of course, the Kremlin. The interview, as you will see if you watch it, is primarily about the war in progress, the war in Ukraine, how it started, what's happening, and most pressingly, how it might end. One note before you watch. At the beginning of the interview, we asked the most obvious question, which is, why did you do this? Did you feel a threat, an imminent physical threat? And that's your justification. And the answer we got shocked us. Putin went on for a very long time, probably half an hour, about the history of Russia going back to the 8th century. And honestly, we thought this was a filibustering technique and found it annoying and interrupted him several times. And he responded he was annoyed uh, <laughs> by the interruption. But we concluded in the end, for what it's worth, that it was not a filibustering technique. There was no time limit on the interview. We ended it after more than two hours. Instead, what you're about to see seemed to us sincere, whether you agree with it or not. Vladimir Putin believes that Russia has a historic claim to parts of Western Ukraine. 
So our opinion would be to view it in that light as a sincere expression of what he thinks. And with that, here it is. All right. The other thing he said at some point, I don't know if I'm going to find that little clip of this, but he says, oh, I think he's bitter about not being allowed in NATO. And it's, he said it's not about bitter. It's not like a, a, a man and a woman, you know, getting a divorce or whatever bitterness. It's about that it's not great for humanity and for peace on earth. That is one of the overarching things that you get from this video is that they want, uh, um, uh, you know, he wants peace on earth. <laughs> That is clear. That is clear. And and he sees America being destroyed from within. And he, you know, and, and also this was not wise of NATO to do all this. He's not trying to start a war. He realizes, and he says this, it, it, would, it, it would be the destruction of humanity if we didn't use these nuclear weapons. But he realizes that, that that they did this. They made Russia out to be the boogeyman on purpose. The cabal, uh, what does he call them? Um he calls them elite at sometimes, um, you know. Of course, President Trump doesn't want us to really call them elite. So, I, you know, globalists. Um, I don't think he calls them globalists, but President Trump does call them globalists. Um, I like to call them cabal. Uh, these these ones, the power players, uh, the ones at the top, the bloodlines. They have 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 manipulated it so that that Russia is this boogeyman. And so he's, you know, he's in this position that he's got to be a boogeyman, whether he wants to be a, a boogeyman or not. And so he's doing whatever he can do for his people. But he's saying that when they, you know, when, when all this started happening to his people, to the Russian people in Ukraine, he had to do something to, to stop it. You know, he couldn't just sit idly by and let his people, he said, they'll be culpable if they didn't do something. Okay. So anyway, that's the first the first part, I wanted you to see that. Um, all right, so yeah, so I'll, I'll just play. Um, here, here's a map of Ukraine, which whatever you know, Kiev, right, has been part this whole even the, even to the western part of uh, of what they're calling now Ukraine is has been historically Russia, as he said, going back to the eighth century he went through you know this is what happened to Catherine the Great and all this he it, it, you know a lot of detail and it was quite interesting and he says you know Putin, uh, Tucker tried to get him off of, off the subject but he says you know is this boring <laughs> he says no it's not boring you know but he it was he was going somewhere with it it was very important that he explained this is historically our people just because these people have uh, the cabal has hijacked and stolen the land does not mean that we don't have a, a responsibility to protect our people wherever they are all right and then like the, over here you've got this whole section this is uh, these people speak uh, Hungarian and they still dress like Hungarian uh, Hungarian people they have not forgotten their their heritage this is who they are just like if you know if, if uh, Mexico came and said well we're gonna take over Texas and I would still say well I'm still an American I don't care what you you say I am an American and so you would still act like an American think like an American talk like an American you wouldn't start speaking Spanish just because they said you're Mexican now. I've been mean, like, no, I'm not. I'm still American. Same type of thing. All right. So the other thing I want you to see is it's very important that he goes into this Minsk agreement. This Minsk agreement here is uh, where they have this line where they would say, we're, we're not going to go across that line. But all these agreements that they made is and just, they always broke the dustbin. And they don't end up following these, 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 these agreements. And that's what's so maddening. And then they blame him that he didn't need to bring the 
That's what it was, was drawing this this line that they would not do that. But as we know, they did a coup d'etat in, two, I think it was 2008, taking over this these giant portions of, of uh, Ukraine. And, oh, we're not going to have, um, we're not going to have them involved in uh, NATO. But, of course, that just became a, you know, a, a false agreement also. And then next thing you know, they're, they're saying they're going to basically put, um, uh, military bases right along the, the the border with Russia. So that's what really was uh, caused all this. And he doesn't want to do this, but he you know, had to do something to protect his people in the Donbass province, all Luhansk and all this area. They were being terribly uh, just terrorized by the by uh, the Ukraine government. All right. So this was the most important part. <laughs> this was the most critical piece to catch. Have you achieved your aims? And he says, no, because one of our aims is the denazification of Ukraine. <laughs> Did you guys know that he said this? I just posted this last night when I found this. This is from um, uh, Vigilant Fox. He shared this portion, and I wanted you to see it. Let me see if I can read what he says. Okay, here's what Vigilant Fox, if you aren't familiar with him, he's really good. He's got great, great uh, uh, information all the time. Putin confirms denazification is a primary goal of the Russian-Ukraine conflict. This is gigantic. This is probably one of the main reasons, you know, because it's a, if it's just about you know this this agreement and that agreement, oh, there's a dispute about this line and all that. It probably you know they could overcome it. But when he, Putin, points out that the issue with Ukraine is it's filled with Nazis. This is what the whole world knows after World War II, that we have to fight this, this ideology. You can have this religion or that religion, or you can be, you know, you know, you can be a communist country. You can be a, you know, a capitalist, whatever, but you cannot, the world that says no to Nazism. That's where we draw the line. And so he's saying that this is what's have, has taken over Ukraine. Did you guys see that? It's huge, huge. So he says, to, uh, so T Tucker asks, have you achieved your aims? Putin answers, no, we haven't achieved our aims yet because one of them is denazification. That means the prohibition of all kinds of neo-Nazi movements. Putin claims that certain Ukrainian nationalists such as Stepan Bandera and Roman, whatever his name is, collaborated with Hitler committing atrocities against Polish, Jewish, and Russian populations. He condemns the modern-day glorification of these figures in Ukraine. They, they, they literally fly you know, monuments and fly flags for these people, including they've erected monuments, celebrating them as national heroes, likening some contemporary Ukrainian nationalist displays to those of Nazi Germany. And if you've seen some of these videos, and I've posted some of them, if you go in the mall, they've got swastikas. It's just all this is through there. Okay, I'm just warning you now, Cheryl. You're going to have to clip all this out <laughs> before you put it on YouTube. I'm just warning you now. Putin argues against the foundation of Ukrainian national uh, identity on what he perceives as Nazi ideology, asserting that Ukrainians are part of the broader Russian people, while also acknowledging their right to self-identify as a separate nation, provided it's not based on Nazism. There you go. I say that Ukrainians are part of one Russian people, but not, not, not on the basis of Nazis and the Nazi ideology. All right, so I wanted you to see that before, uh, read that to you before you hear the clip. Check it out. Have you achieved your aims? 
No, we haven't achieved our aims yet, because one of them is the Nazification. This means... Okay, someone just said, Cappuccino Mom. <laughs> she says, we got 1,200 watching and only 38 likes. No, 1,300 watching. Everybody go like right now. <laughs> Come on, do me, do me a solid. Do me a favor. Go over there and just hit the like button. And I, I never asked to do that. Thank you for reminding me, Cappuccino Mom. Okay, here we go means the prohibition of all kinds of neo-Nazi movements. Pardon my English, what is denazification? What would that mean? Okay, I'm sorry to bother again, but is he acting? Look at this face. Is he acting or does he really not know? I don't know. That is what I want to talk about right now. It is a very important issue. Denazification. After gaining independence, Ukraine began to search, as some Western analysts say, its identity. And it came up with nothing better than to build this identity upon some false heroes who collaborated with Hitler. I have already said that in the early 19th century, when the theorists of independence and sovereignty of Ukraine appeared, they assumed that an independent Ukraine should have very good relations with Russia. But due to the historical development, those territories were part of the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth. Poland, where Ukrainians were persecuted and treated quite brutally as well as were subject to cruel behavior. There were also attempts to destroy their identity. All this remained in the memory of the people. When World War II broke out, part of this extremely nationalist elite collaborated with Hitler believing that he would bring them freedom. The German troops, even the SS troops, made Hitler's collaborators do the dirtiest work of exterminating the Polish and Jewish population. Hence this brutal massacre of the Polish and Jewish population, as well as the Russian population too. This was led by the persons who are well known, Bandera, Shukevich. It was those people who were made national heroes, that is the problem. And we are constantly told that nationalism and neo-Nazism exist in other countries as well. Yes, they are seedlings, but we approve them, and other countries fight against them. But Ukraine is not the case. These people have been made into national heroes in Ukraine. Monuments to those people have been erected. They are displayed on flags. Their names are shouted by crowds that walk with torches, as it was in Nazi Germany. These were people who exterminated Poles, Jews and Russians. It is necessary to stop this practice and prevent the dissemination of this concept.
I say that Ukrainians are part of the one Russian people. They say, no, we are a separate people. Okay, fine. If they consider themselves a separate people, they have the right to do so, but not on the basis of Nazism, the Nazi ideology. Interesting that, you know, it didn't seem to me that when, when he talked about this, uh, it didn't seem that Tucker didn't seem shocked about it, really. I mean, yes, he, he makes that face all the time. That's just his face. <laughs> but I just, it, because, for example, I just told someone about it last night when I saw this. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Putin, Putin exposed this. And this person didn't know about it. And they're like, that's crazy. What do you mean? And so that's the normal reaction. You're like, what do you mean? And so then the fact that our government, our cabal government, our criminal government, our uh, our usurper government is supporting Ukraine, okay, so you realize, hey, they're, they're supporting Nazis, okay, and so you, we also know that Ukraine has been used because they have their own laws, they can do the trafficking of drugs, trafficking of children, trafficking of arms, tra you know, the, the, all the money laundering, the bio labs, all this can happen because they, they have their own, that's why they made this Play-Doh land of, of all, just hodgepodge this together so they can have their own laws to get away with all this crime. Okay, and be a hotbed uh, headquarters for Nazism. I think that's gigantic. I think this is a great thing to share. I put this over onto the uh, onto the social media. Make sure that you join over there, and you so whenever you receive things like this, that you can share this easily with uh, with people. All right, I want you to see that. Then the other thing was okay. So he's talking about when he met President Clinton, and he's saying um, uh, he says asked about joining NATO. And he and when he first talked to Clinton, he was saying, "Oh, that would be a great idea." But then Clinton went back and talked to his people, his controllers, the CIA, and said, uh, "Is it possible or not?" And I got the answer was no. So what he's saying is the CIA came in and in the Kremlin and had this meeting after you know the, the photo ops of Bill Clinton going over and meeting. You think, "Oh, well, he's our world leader. He's helping to to pro, pro, you know make world peace, and we're going." Then who remembers way back in the day when Bill Clinton is running and he says he was going to get something. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember. But then after he gets elected, he says, oh, well, I talked to the people and they said we can't do it. <laughs> so it's like, who's running this thing? Right? Who's running this thing? And this is, whole, this is the whole point of this deep state that President Trump says he's going to eliminate. And that's what they are flipping out about. Okay, so anyway, but back to this about about this getting into NATO. That now the, the, the he t he says that, and I think it might be on, on this clip that says oh, the 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 CIA came in and they met at the Kremlin and said no, we're not we're not doing that, and you know we're not keeping the Minsk Agreement, and we're not you know just everything is uh, they just <laughs> do whatever they want because they're in control here in the Kremlin with the outgoing President Bill Clinton, right here in the next room, I said to him, I asked him, Bill, do you think if Russia asked to join NATO, do you think it would happen? Suddenly he said, you know, it's interesting, I think so. But in the evening, when we met for dinner, he said, you know, I've talked to my team, no, no, 
it's not possible now. You can ask him. I think he will watch our interview. He'll confirm it. I wouldn't have said anything like that if it hadn't happened. Okay. Were you sincere? It's impossible now. Would you have joined NATO? Look, I asked the question, is it possible or not? And the answer I got... This makes me so crazy. Why is the person who is trying to be reasonable and, and reach out and talk about joining NATO and being part of this you know, peace group in the world, why would he bring this up? Why... It, it, Tucker, it kind of aggravated me that you would even ask him such a question. The one you should ask that question to is why the others didn't allow him in. Not if he was being sincere. You know, and it's, I think that Tucker has drunk the Kool-Aid. He's thinking in the back of his mind that Putin is not, you know, a good guy. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but he's just, he's fighting for his people. He's trying to protect those poor people. I will never forget when he went into Ukraine and the people of the Donbass province are driving up and down the road honking and, and carrying on so happy that they are set free from these Nazis. They were so happy. You know, and he's taken all this guff, not so different from our wonderful President Trump. You know, and, and he's not the one who needs to be called on the carpet. It's the it's the globalist. Makes me so aggravated. That was no. If I was insincere in my desire to find out what the leadership position was. But if he had said yes, would you have joined NATO? If he had said yes, the process of rapprochement would have commenced, and eventually it might have happened, if we had seen some sincere wish on the other side of our partners. Duh! Come on, Tucker! I'm like, okay, alright, so the next thing was, um, I think you're saying you want a negotiated settlement to what's happening in Ukraine. Of course, yes, right, we, are, we were ready to sign it, and the war would have been long ago, uh, over long ago, 18 months ago. But they, they refused, they... They wanted a war. Well, why? We already know because they wanted uh, all this money laundering. They wanted all this money from America. They've got to create this to funnel all this money to Ukraine and then funnel it right back into their pockets, into their coffers. And so, you know, and, and, and Putin knows this. He didn't say that. In the, in the, I didn't catch that in the interview. But the, he knows that. And so, you know, he knows he's just being used as a boogeyman. And it's, you know... Anyway, so when they try to call out later and he's, they're, they're going to call out uh, China, Tucker even says this, oh, aren't you afraid of China, you know, to, to get in league with China? And he says, they're just being called a boogeyman. And just like I've been called a boogeyman, basically. Come on, Tucker. Come on. Come on. All right, so I want you to hear this about they were trying to have peace. And, and they've just... The CIA, as someone just posted, yes, the CIA is a cancer worldwide. My name's 66. Yes, this is, thank, oh, that's pretty cool that you, my name's 66. Pretty cool, little Miss My Name 66. Yeah, 66, just so you know, if you're not familiar with this, they uh, here at my books, End Times on a, and a Thousand Years of Peace, 66 is the number of humanity, the number of man, and they are the 33s. The criminal cabal is the 33s trying to kill off the 66. That's the truth about that. Anyway, the Lord helped me to decode it because I've been teaching God's Word for a long, long, long time. Anyway, so I want you to hear what he has to say about the settlement. So I just want to make sure I'm not misunderstanding what you're saying. I don't think that I am. I think you're saying you want a negotiated settlement to what's happening in Ukraine. <laughs> right. And we made it. We prepared it. Okay, I've got to stop. i got to stop. Didn't that look like he's like... Duh. 
didn't that look like duh? Didn't y'all think he's saying, look at this face he's making. Uh, duh. Okay, so I don't know. Maybe he's such a good actor. It, or is he really legit asking these stupid questions? Duh. <laughs> right. And we made it. We prepared a huge document in Istanbul that was initialed by the head of the Ukrainian delegation. He affixed his signature to some of the provisions, not to all of it. He put his signature and then he himself said, we were ready to sign it and the war would have been over long ago, 18 months ago. However, Prime Minister Johnson came, talked us out of it, and we missed that chance. Well, you missed it. He's my Boris Johnson. You made a mistake. Let them get back to that. That is all. Why do we have to bother ourselves and correct somebody else's mistakes? I know one can say it is our mistake. It was us who intensified the situation and decided to put an end to the war that started in 2014 in Donbas. As I have already said, by means of weapons. Let me get back to furthering history. I already told you this. We were just discussing it. Let us go back to 1991, when we were promised that NATO would not expand, to 2008, when the doors to NATO opened to the declaration of state sovereignty of Ukraine, declaring Ukraine a neutral state. Let us go back to the fact that NATO and U.S. military bases started to appear on the territory of Ukraine. All this whole time they've been saying, please don't do this, please don't do this, please don't open the door for it to, uh, the coup d'etat, please don't take over Ukraine, please don't uh, start with this uh, uh, getting NATO, uh, giving them an open door for Ukraine to join NATO, please don't, please don't, please don't, you know, and it just they just won't stop. They're trying to foment this war. This was whole, the whole point. They were supposed to have four years of war under President Trump and, and he stopped it. He prevented it. And this is the whole point. We've got to get rid of this cabal because these people are warmongers and they won't, they won't stop. Creating threats to us. Let us go back to coup d'etat in Ukraine in 2014. It is pointless though, isn't it? We may go back and forth endlessly, but they stop negotiations. Is it a mistake? Yes. Correct it. We are ready. Yep. Very good. Yes. And somebody says Putin owned Tucker. He, uh, the entire, he ran the entire interview. He did. He did. I just got to say Mangan 585. Thank you for that. Man, Mangan, whatever name is. Um, yeah, I, I agree. If you look at, watch the whole thing, the watch the two hour video, over on TuckerCarlson.com, or I actually have it on my, my social media. Go over there and, and see it, and you will see he he's like, yeah, he 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 monopolized the whole conversation and led the whole conversation. And and to be honest, may, I don't know maybe if Tucker was nervous about being in Russia, you know, and thinking that he, they were going to throw him in the gulag or something, but he just let him do say whatever. Yeah, and it really, I just got to be honest, it really was very embarrassing about how Tucker doesn't really get it. I just, it was really embarrassing, I just got to say. I was like, come on, Tucker. And he doesn't understand that the nations don't have autonomy. I hope I have a clip of that. Okay, I only have two more thumbs up. Why does nobody give me a thumbs up? <laughs> Don't y'all love me no more. Come on, give me some thumbs up. All right, so let's keep going. All right, so the next one is about Putin on uh, about the, the U.S. border. 
It's like, here you guys, why would you want to have your, your send your boys and girls over here to die? Don't you have bigger things to do than, than go send your people over to die? You guys have a lot of problems right there in your own homeland. Russia will use tactical nuclear weapons. Tomorrow Russia will use that. No, the day after tomorrow. So what? In order to extort additional money from US taxpayers and European taxpayers in the confrontation with Russia in the Ukrainian theater of war. The goal is to weaken Russia as much as possible. One of uh, our senior United States senators from the state of New York, Chuck Schumer, said yesterday, I believe, that we have to continue to fund the Ukrainian effort or U.S. soldiers, citizens could wind up fighting there. How do you assess that? This is a provocation and a cheap provocation at that. By Chucky, by Chucky Schumer, threatening. I do not understand why American soldiers should fight in Ukraine. There are mercenaries from the United States there. The bigger number of mercenaries comes from Poland, with mercenaries from the United States in second place and mercenaries from Georgia in third place. Well, if somebody has the desire to send regular troops, that would certainly bring humanity to the brink of very serious global conflict. This is obvious. Do the United States need this? What for? No. Thousands of miles away from your national territory. Don't you have anything better to do? You have issues on the border, issues with migration, issues with the national debt, more than $33 trillion. You have nothing better to do, so you should fight in Ukraine? Wouldn't it be better to negotiate with Russia, make an agreement, already understanding the situation that is developing today, realizing that Russia will fight for its interests to the end? Of course, Russia will fight to protect these, these people. They're not going to just let these people be uh, destroyed who, who live there. They, they, they will fight to the end. The problem is when you can't trust a word out of the mouths. We've already seen that. Each of us has seen you can't trust these people on our own border, much less what they're doing over there. And the point is, in a, in a little bit, I hopefully I have a clip of it. They're talking about, well, it makes no sense. Why, why are they doing this? Well, they're doing this because they're trying to destroy America. One of the things he talks about is that why is the, you know, Germany is sending money to Ukraine, just like we are. And, but then they are have they have oil in Ukraine. Why won't they allow the oil to flow through Ukraine into Germany? And it makes no sense. And he didn't tell the answer, but it does beg the question: Why is that? There they would be. You would think they'd be appreciative of Germany sending them so much money for this war. What does it tell you? It tells you that the the elite, the globalists, the power structure in Germany is trying to destroy Germany just like they're trying to destroy America. The whole reason for the open border is to destroy America, to siphon off our money, our tax money over to Ukraine, which ends up going into the cabal. That's the whole point. They're trying to destroy our country. It, it doesn't make sense unless you think of it, realize it that way. Okay, so I want you to see, um, I want you to see that. I think there's a little bit more he says about the border. And realizing this, actually return to common sense, start respecting our country and its interests, and look for certain solutions. 
It seems to me that this is much smarter and more rational. Yes. Tomorrow, right? Nothing, yeah. Nothing is that they do is rational. He said also that the president, uh, Bill Clinton, back to Bill Clinton, that he, it's not about whether he has a great relationship with these presidents or not. It's about who is controlling them. And I, I kind of said that before. It's about the dominance of the elite. It's who's dominating, who's running the thing. Okay. So here is the section. This is uh, 112. This is the section. I can't remember what this was. History. Okay, so if you had evidence, and presumably given your security services, your intel services, you would, that NATO, the U.S., CIA, the West did this, why wouldn't you present it and win a propaganda victory? Okay, he's talking about the, the Nord Stream pipeline. Okay, so I think, I, I thought I had another clip of the Nord Stream pipeline. Maybe I don't. Um, CIA undercut. Okay, maybe not. Um Okay, that's something else. Okay, so he's he's talking about uh, the Nord Stream and joking with him about, oh, I think you did it, whatever. And it's just so he's you can tell that he's Putin is very relaxed. Of course, he's on his home turf, um, but um, so he's he's saying, you know, who had the interest in doing this and who had the power to do it. There may be people who are interested who would, who would want to do it, but wouldn't have the power to do it. So who is doing it? And so he points the finger at the CIA. And yeah, it's a big, big deal. Okay, Cheryl, that's another word. Okay, I'm not allowed to say <laughs> say anything bad about the CIA, so make sure to clip, scrub that. Anyway, um, so now he's saying, okay, if you know this information, why won't you tell that? You know, why won't you expose that? And this is very insightful because we've got a propaganda war. This is an information war. This is why it's so important for us to understand what's going on so that we can disseminate this to the people. So check it out. See what Putin has to say. In the war of propaganda, it is very difficult to defeat the United States. Because the United States controls all the world's media and many European media. The, the U.S., the cabal, controls the U.S. media and the European, many of the worldwide media. They control it, and that's exactly what we have, we've known. This is why it's so important that the digital soldiers are out here sharing this truth. And, and it's so great that we have Twitter now to share this information and to get this information to the masses. And yes, I share on Telegram, but uh, uh, with the intention of every, you know, I share on Twitter and uh, every platform I can think of so that we can get this truth out. And so you guys continually, you know, go and share it. And that's what, what is overcoming them. This is what it talks about in Joel chapter two. It's, we will go over the walls and through the windows. We just, we, we're like ants. We just share everywhere we go. Um, and as, far and wide as we possibly can, each one of us pushing hard. Um, but that's what he's up against. He can't just come out and say something because they've already labeled him a boogeyman. You know, and President Trump's got a huge mouthpiece, but we are the support system to get help to get this truth out. The ultimate beneficiary of the biggest European media are American financial institutions. Don't you know that? So it is possible to get involved in this work but it is cost prohibitive, so to speak. We can simply shine the spotlight on our sources of information and we will not achieve results. It is clear to the whole world what happened and even American analysts talk about it directly. It's true. Yes. I it's better for it to come from someone else is the point. It's because it, coming against this 
behemoth mainstream media complex is it's 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 disaster, and that's why you know it's important for it to come from uh, someone else. And even President Trump said. You know, Russia didn't do it <laughs> for sure. Remember him saying that? And I, I shared that clip of President Trump saying that. And, um, you know, he didn't he wouldn't want to say who it was because he wouldn't want to get America in trouble. And it's not you and me. I didn't do it. Just like Tucker. I didn't do it. Who did it? And it's this uh, this uh, unseen hand. These these cabal controllers, you know, and, and run by this uh, CIA. Blast it into a thousand pieces, right? Everybody, a thousand pieces. Oh, you, Silent Vortex, you think Tucker's faking it? He's really good. If he is, he's really, really good at it. Okay, I still only have 40 thumbs up. I'm so sad. Okay, all right, so um, this portion right here is about, um, I think this is where he's talking about that not personally, it's not a personality. Let's check this out. It's not a personality uh, getting, about getting along with one president or another. You become evident. You just asked me if another leader comes and changes something. It is not about the leader. It is not about the personality of a particular person. I had a very good relationship with, uh, say, Bush. I know that in the United States, he was portrayed as some kind of a country boy who does not understand much. I assure you that this is not the case. I think he made a lot of mistakes with regard to Russia, too. I told you about 2008 and the decision in Bucharest to open the NATO's doors to for Ukraine and so on. That happened during his presidency. He actually exercised pressure on the Europeans. But in general, on a personal human level, I had a very good relationship with him. He was no worse than any other American or Russian or European politician. I assure you, he understood what he was doing as well as others. I had such personal relationship with Trump as well. It is not about the personality of the leader. It is about the elite's mindset. Okay, are you getting that? Tucker, <laughs> it's not about the president. I just told you Bill Clinton didn't have the power. Bush didn't have the power. It was going to be what the elite wanted to do. They're just a figurehead. They're just a white horse. Remember, I, I just did the video yesterday about the different the different horses and the, the, the rider on the horses. He's just one of the, the riders. He's not, you know, the one who's running the thing. Okay, so I want you to see that. Um, this one right here is about, uh, about you know, who makes the decisions. And he basically said that, so I'm going to skip that portion. That's where he, basically um, where he's saying that, um, you know, they've been pushing all of this to foment this, this war. And they have to have Russia as this uh, boogeyman. All right, so then this one right here, I think this is where he's talking about Zelensky. And the history of Zelensky, this is very in interesting because... Uh, Zelensky's father fought the Nazis. He, Zelensky said he was going to come into, uh, was running to fight the Nazis, but then when he gets in there, he is supporting them. So check this out. He came to power on the expectations of Ukrainian people that he would lead Ukraine to peace. He talked about this. It was thanks to this that he won the elections overwhelmingly. But then when he came to power, in my opinion, he realized two things. Firstly, it is better not to clash with neo-Nazis and nationalists because they are aggressive and very active. You can expect anything from them. And secondly, that's the whole point of Nazis is they will kill you just as soon as look at you. 
Lee, the US-led West supports them and will always support those who antagonize with Russia. It is beneficial and safe. So he took the relevant position despite promising his people to end the war in Ukraine. He deceived his voters. But do you think at this point, as of February... Now, the question is, did he do it intentionally? Was he acting the whole time? Which I have a feeling that he was, because you've seen those videos of him dancing around half-naked. So I don't think... I don't. I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. So they, you know, got... I'm sure uh, they have him controlled like you wouldn't even believe. So now he's going to talk about... I think at this point he's going to talk about his, uh, his dad. 2024, he has the latitude, the freedom to speak with you or your government directly about putting an end to this, which clearly isn't helping his country or the world. Can he do that, do you think? Why not? He considers himself head of state. He won the elections. Although we believe in Russia that the coup d'etat is the primary source of power for everything that happened after 2014. And in this sense, even today, government is flawed. But he considers himself the president and he is recognized by the United States, all of Europe and practically the rest of the world in such a capacity. Why not? He can. Okay, so it's very interesting. He says, oh, Zelensky has, says, you know, he's the president, so he should be able to come in and make these decisions. He says, but he realizes that the, the ones who ran the coup d'etat, they're the ones in real power. Later on, Tucker asks, you know, who, who's in control? And he says, Putin says, I don't know. It's very complex. Well, he can't, <laughs> he's not going to name names. He's not going to name names of the, of the bloodline families. You know, they, you know, this is the thing. Whenever some of these people do call out the, the elite by, you know, like really pushing on them, something horrible happens. Something horrible happens in their country. There was a horrible earthquake in Turkey when they were calling out some of the elite. Uh, there was actually at the same time as this this video was uh, was being posted uh, on TuckerCarlson.com, they uh, there was a, a terrible, strange fire where it was like not even in the buildings. It was like on these rooftops, like across the rooftops, like it was a some kind of a uh, do weapon direct energy weapon, something like that. It was very, very strange. So I wanted you to see that. At some point he talks about Zelensky. Maybe I'm going to play a little bit more because at one point he says, your, your father fought against the, the Nazis. Why are you not? And so he said he will not tell. Putin said he would not tell what Zelensky's response was. We negotiated with Ukraine in Istanbul. We agreed. He was aware of this. Moreover, the negotiation group leader Mr. Arhamiya is his last name. I believe still has the faction of the ruling party, the party of the president in the Rada. He still has the presidential faction in the Rada, the country's parliament. He still sits there. He even put his preliminary signature on the document I am telling you about. But then he publicly stated to the whole world, we were ready to sign this document, but Mr. Johnson, then the Prime Minister of Great Britain, came and dissuaded us from doing this, saying it was better to fight Russia. They would give everything needed for us to return what was lost during the clashes with Russia. And we agreed with this proposal. Look, his statement has been published, he said it publicly. Can they return to this or not? The question is, do they want it or not? Further on, 
President of Ukraine issued a decree prohibiting negotiations with us. Let him cancel that decree, and that's it. We have never refused negotiations, indeed. We hear all the time, is Russia ready? Yes, we have not refused. It was them who publicly refused. Well, let him cancel his decree and enter into negotiations. We have never refused. And the fact that they obeyed the demand or persuasion of Mr. Johnson, the former Prime Minister of Great Britain. Yeah, that tells you who's in control. So, and he, you know, he promised all kinds of money, you know, that he'd get whatever percentage of all the money that funneled through this laundry mat called Ukraine back to the Democrat Party. So this this is big power players. And imagine yourself in the position as as uh, as Putin just being used and 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 put in this terrible predicament. You know, <laughs> it's you know. And, 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 you know, they're trying to say, like, Tucker was treasonous for going and letting Putin speak. And because, oh, he's so tricky and all this. Let me just tell you someone. The tricky one is the one who's the ones who are running America and doing the same thing to us over here where they're doing such harm to us, our finances, our border security, you know, our health, all these things. Those are the ones we, we can't trust. And this is so this tricky deal. Where they, the, the back room type of deals. All right. So then this one is about the U.S. It's killing the dollar. This is where he's talking about, of course, he's one of the main ones in the BRICS nations. B-R-I-C-S, uh, um, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And now they've added other countries that are, that are doing these trades, uh, uh, international trades, outside the U.S. dollar, outside the SWIFT system. The SWIFT system is what's been controlling the, 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 the currencies all over the world for years, and now they have exited that. They jumped off that merry-go-round, and so now no one wants to trade internationally in the U.S. dollar. So check out what he says here. You know, to use the dollar as a tool of foreign policy struggle is one of the biggest strategic mistakes made by the U.S. political leadership. The dollar is the cornerstone of the United States power. I think everyone understands very well that no matter how many dollars are printed, they are quickly dispersed all over the world. I think everyone understands very well that no matter how many dollars are printed, they are quickly dispersed all over Inflation in the United States is minimal. Sorry. It's about 3 or 3.4 percent, which is, I think, totally acceptable for the U.S. But they won't stop printing. What does the debt of 33 trillion dollars tell us about? It is about the emission. Nevertheless, it is the main weapon used by the United States to preserve its power across the world. The currency weapon. Remember, I just did a video a few weeks ago called Currency Wars. This is how they, they tried to destroy the world and control is with the money. But these, he's found a way. With the BRICS nations, they are doing all their trades outside of the, the, the SWIFT system, outside of the control of the, of the, the, the elite. And he said that you know, the, the U.S. dollar 
trade has gone down by just you know, because these are, there's sanctions, right? And it's off down off the charts, maybe nil, but their their ruble is like thirty something percent. They're trading in yuan, yuan by like thirty something percent. This is where it's at, and they are outside of this manipulation of the currency where they were taking a gigantic discount and it was all going all this extra money was going to the cabal as soon as the political leadership decided to use the u.s dollar as a tool of political struggle a blow was dealt to this american power i would not like to use any strong language but it is a stupid thing to do and a grave mistake Look at what is going on in the world. Even the United States allies are now downsizing their dollar reserves. Seeing this, everyone starts looking for ways to protect themselves. But the fact that the United States applies restrictive measures to certain countries, such as placing restrictions on transactions, freezing assets, etc., causes great concern and sends a signal to the whole world. The signal is you can't trust America, and it's of course they know it's not you and me. It's the it's the the power structure, and look, it's so funny to watch Tucker. You know, and I don't know. Some people are like, well, where's his earpiece? Does he understand Russian? Which that would be surprising if he did, but he's listening to him, and it appears that he understands what he's saying. Without, I don't know if he has an earpiece or not. What did we have here? Until 2022, about 80% of Russian foreign trade transactions were made in US dollars and euros. US dollars accounted for approximately 50% of our transactions with third countries. Well, currently it is down to 13%. 13%, that was the number. It was at 50% trading in US dollars, now it's what is it? I just say 15%. Really low. It, it, so we're cutting ourselves out of this, uh, this because of the, as he said, the stupidity. We're, we're cutting off the ability to, to trade. No one wants to trade in these dollars because they're worthless. We know that. You go to the grocery store and you know that. It wasn't us who banned the use of the U.S. dollar. We had no such intention. It was decision of the United States to restrict our transactions in US dollars. I think it is complete foolishness from the point of view of the interests of the United States itself and its taxpayers, as it damages the US economy, undermines the power of the United States across the world. By the way, our transactions in yuan accounted for about 3%. Today, 34% of our transactions are made in rubles and about as much, a little over 34% in yuan. Why did the United States do this? My only guess is self-conceit. They probably thought it would lead to full collapse. It's all full collapse. Full collapse. He just got it out before Tucker inter inter interrupted him. It's, that's what they're trying to do, is destroy our economy because they're trying to bring in the, the reset of their currency. But what they didn't count on was that these countries getting off of the, of the, the, the system entirely and trading independently with each other so that they're completely off of this cabal, deep state, uh, 
global globalist merry-go-round. They're off of that completely. So that's gigantic. And it's uh, Trump knows. Don't worry. This is one of the things, the main things that, uh, that was posted on the board, literally within one of the first days of the board, was that the uh, 17 listed all of the banks worldwide that were controlled by the cabal and saying that these will be restructured. And basically where every asset for every country will be backed by hard assets. Every, all, all the currency will be backed by hard assets so that they will not have to be, um, man, they won't be able to be manipulated. And that's the, one of the huge pieces of the, the millennial kingdom is that it says nation will not rise against nation and neither will they train for war anymore. How do they not have to have any wars? Because they, they have their own sovereignty. They get to make their own decisions. They get to have their own currency and, and that no one is, is going in to destroy them. Who was it? Honduras? I think Honduras just came out last week and said, please, we don't have anything. <laughs> we don't have any assets in our country. We have nothing. We're, please, go, please don't uh, attack us and try to steal, uh, uh, manipulate our currency and destroy our, our, our economy because we have nothing. You know, it's one thing if you try to go, you know, it's understandable that they go to Africa to steal their gold. It's one thing to go to Venezuela to steal their, their oil. You know, it's understandable that you'd go and, and try to take, but this, this country was like, we have nothing. Please just leave us. Can you just leave us alone? Right? These people will not. They are demonic. They want to destroy just because they love destroying. What can we take? What can we steal? What can we rob from these people? But yeah, so that's what he's saying here is that, you know, um, this is the point is to try to destroy America. Nothing collapsed. Moreover, other countries, including oil producers, are thinking of and already accepting payments for oil in yuan. Do you even realize what is going on or not? Does anyone in the United States realize this? What are you doing? You are cutting yourself off. All experts say this. Ask any intelligent and thinking person in the United States what the dollar means for the U.S. But you're killing it with your own hands. Yep, yep. I wanted you guys to hear that. And so don't worry. Do not let that worry you. Trust President Trump. He says he'll make America wealthy again. And you can take that literally to the bank. <laughs> oh, I don't even know if I want to use the bank. But the point is you can trust President Trump. You can trust the White Hats. You can trust the, uh, what's happening because this and trust the Lord. This is the day we're going to be set free from these creeps and they will be left penniless and helpless. Habakkuk 2 says that. I've gone into all that, in, like I said, in these books, end times on a thousand years of peace, end times major clues from minor prophets. They told us and all these Bible stories told us to the 17 Bible stories. I also have them on audiobooks right here. You can listen to them uh, to, to, and it takes a while. It really, really does. And that just reminds me, I probably do need to, to bring up one, one quick thing, but Habakkuk said that they would be left penniless and helpless. That's what's going to happen because President Trump is such a genius. He's figured out a way that they are holding the debt and we are going to have the gold. President Trump has the gold. Now, um, just super, super, super quick, super quick, completely off the subject, but I'm going to forget if I don't do it right now. Um, uh, I was talking to a friend today and she had watched a video where they were talking about all these nations coming at, against Israel. And so I said, well, remember this whenever you hear about that, because we've always heard about it in a very strange, uh, uh, deceptive way. 
And so it's so hard to come out of the brainwashing. And so I said, remember this, the, is, the true Israelites are, the, are all of God's people that have been scattered throughout the world. Maybe they've been, you know, fallen into, believe, you know, Islam or Buddhism or Hinduism or you know, whatever. But the point is, every world religion has been hijacked in one way or another. Okay. So, to, and also intended to divide us. The point is, the is clearly, it's all throughout God's word that the Israelites have been scattered. It says, just look, just do a search on BibleGateway.com for the word scattered. We've been scattered all over the world. It's not this little country in the Middle East. These bad guys hijacked that country. So when you hear about everyone coming against Israel, don't think about that little country. Think about hijacked, uh, I'm sorry, think about attacked all over the world. Every one of us has been attacked. Every, everywhere. You can't name a place where the people have not, well, even little Honduras has been attacked. All the Christians, all the, all the believers in God have been attacked all over the world. So think about that when it's those who've, those who've attacked Israel, the Lord will destroy. Don't think about the little, little country. Think about who's have attacked God's people. All of the people who love God all over the world, they will be destroyed. Okay. Okay. I know that's off the subject. It's not, but I wanted to bring that up. It's hard to come out of the, of the brainwashing, but really try. And whenever you hear about the word Israel and the, when you read a verse about Israel, the promises of God to Israel is about you. It's about the promises to you and your children, those who love the Lord. And so, you know, those who attack us are those who are going to be in big trouble. All right. So I want you to see that. All right. So I think that was the end about the dollar. Here is about the CIA undercutting. I think, I think this is about. I think this is about when they came in and they undercut Bill Clinton. Maybe I've already kind of talked about that. Let's see. But why do you think the West rebuffed you then? Why the hostility? Why did the end of the Cold War not fix the relationship? What motivates this from your point of view? You said I was bitter about the answer. Here's the no, it's not bitterness. It's just a statement of fact. We're not bride and groom, bitterness, resentment. It's not about those kind of matters in such circumstances. We just realized we weren't welcome there, that's all. Okay, fine. But let's build relations in another manner. Let's look for common ground elsewhere. Why we received such a negative response, you should ask your leaders. I can only guess why. Too big a country with its own opinion and so on. And the United States, I've seen how issues are being resolved in NATO. I will give you another example now. He does speak too much truth. That's one of the reasons they didn't want him. And he got, he paid off the globalists years ago. Oh, and he does talk about Yel Yeltsin. Remember Boris Yeltsin? He says you, Boris Yeltsin knew what was going on. They made him out to be a drunk, but he knew exactly what was going on, and they and they destroyed him somehow or another. Putin has not been; they've not been able to destroy Putin as, as hard as they've tried. So you know, the the reason they don't want him in there is because they need a boogeyman, and also because he is not under their control. He's a you know they they don't like anyone who's not going to be a, a useful idiot or under their control. So that's, that tells you, it tells you a lot. All these other ones have been under their control, except Putin.
Now concerning Ukraine, the U.S. leadership exerts pressure and all NATO members obediently vote, even if they do not like something. Now I'll tell you what happened in this regard with Ukraine in 2008, although it's being discussed. I'm not going to open a secret to you, say anything new. Nevertheless, after that we tried to build relations in different ways. For example, the events in the Middle East, in Iraq. We were building relations with the United States in a very soft, prudent, cautious manner. I repeatedly raised the issue that the United States should not support separatism or terrorism in the North Caucasus. When he says Caucasus, the Caucasus, I think he's talking about the Caucasus Mountains in uh, between the Black Sea and the What's that other sea? Anyway, right, right in through there, the Caspian Sea. Right in between there, there's these Caucasus Mountains. That's what he's talking about, this, this region. But they continue to do it anyway. And political support, information support, financial support, even military support came from the United States and its satellites for terrorist groups in the Caucasus. I once raised this issue with my colleague, also the President of the United States. He says, it's impossible, do you have proof? I said, yes. I was prepared for this conversation and I gave him that proof. He looked at it and you know what he said? I apologize, but that's what happened. I'll quote. He says, well, I'm gonna kick their ass. We waited and waited for some response. There was no reply. I said to the because basically, and he doesn't name the president, but he says he went. The president went back to to try to kick somebody's ass, and basically was told, "You you don't have control here. The CIA has control here." That's what he's talking about. He says there was this incident that happened in the Caucasus Mountains, and, and we were trying to. You know, the president wants to get his, uh, get a handle. Imagine being president of the United States, and you think you're in there and you've got some power, and you don't. The CIA is running everything. That's what we were just talking about the other day. Who's actually running? Surely, genuinely, Joe Biden is not. Everybody has to know that. Joe Biden isn't running anything. <laughs> Can't even find his way off the stage. FSB director, write to the CIA. What is the result of the conversation with President? He wrote once, twice, and then we got a reply. We have the answer in the archive. The CIA replied, We have been working with the opposition in Russia. We believe that this is the right thing to do, and we will keep on doing it. Just ridiculous. Well, okay. We realized that it was out of the question. Forces in opposition to you. So you're saying the CIA is trying to overthrow your government. Of course, they meant in that particular case the separatists, the terrorists who fought with us in the Caucasus. That's who they called the opposition. This is the second point. The third moment is a very important one. It's the moment when the U.S. missile defense system was created. The beginning. We persuaded for a long time not to do it in the United States. Moreover, after was invited by Bush Jr.'s father, Bush Sr., to visit his place on the ocean, I had a very serious conversation with President Bush and his team. 
I propose that the United States, Russia and Europe jointly create a missile defense system that, we believe, if created unilaterally, threatens our security, despite the fact that the United States officially said that it was being created against missile threats from Iran. That was the justification for the deployment of the missile defense system. I suggested working together, Russia, the United States and Europe. They said it was very interesting. They asked me, are you serious? I said, absolutely. What year was this? I don't remember. It is easy to find out on the Internet when I was in the USA at the invitation of a Bush senior. It is even easier to learn from someone I'm going to tell you about. I was told it was very interesting. I said, just imagine if we could tackle such a global strategic security challenge together. The world will change. We'll but guess what? The CIA is going to say no. That's just like they did on that, that Caucasus Mountains deal. And they, you know, and the president's wanting to, 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 to do, you know, to, to deal with this. And they just, this is what they do all the time. The CIA comes in and kiboshes. Anytime there's trying to be peace, it's because the, they're run by the cabal, the New World Order cabal. And this is that unseen hand that controls everything. And it, it's their way or the highway. Probably have disputes, probably economic and even political ones, but we could drastically change the situation in the world. He says yes, and asks, are you serious? I said, of course. We need to think about it, I'm told. I said, go ahead, please. Then Secretary of Defense Gates, former director of CIA and Secretary of State Rice came in here, in this cabinet, right here at this table. They sat on this table. Me, the foreign minister, the Russian defense minister on that side, they said to me, yes, we have thought about it. We agree. I said, thank God, great, but with some exceptions. So twice you've described U.S. presidents making decisions and then being undercut by their agency heads. So it sounds like you're describing a system that's not run by the people who are elected in your talent. That's right, that's right. In the end, they just told us to get lost. I'm not going to tell you the details because I think it's incorrect. After all, it was confidential conversation. But our proposal was declined. That's <clears throat> So I want to make sure that you saw that. So he's calling out the New World Order. He's calling out uh, the CIA. <clears throat> and he's calling out the Nazis. <laughs> How about that? I think they're all one and the same. What do you think? What do you think? All right, so this one, uh, uh, he, he likens this to the Roman Empire collapse. And he's saying that, that took, I think it was five years. But this goes a lot faster because of all that's going on. Uh, it just things go faster in this, <coughs> in this global economy and uh, the digital age that we're in with the, with the information age and all that. Things go a lot faster. But he, he compared it to... Uh, okay, I can play this clip. It's a short one. And then end with the Roman Empire. It seems that there has never been anything like the Roman Empire in the history of mankind. Nevertheless, the potential of the barbarians gradually grew, as did their population. In general, the barbarians were getting stronger and begun to develop economically, as we would say today. 
This eventually led to the collapse of the Roman Empire and the regime imposed by the Romans. However, it took five centuries for the Roman Empire to fall apart. The difference with what is happening now is that all the processes of change are happening at the much faster pace. Right, right. So, yeah, and it think, liken the Roman Empire to this New World Order Empire, okay? Not America, the New World Order Empire, right? All right, so then this portion right here is about, oh, Christianity. I was really surprised at how Tucker asked, you know, how do you, how do you, uh, Square being a Christian and then actually bringing, you know, killing people. I'm like, <laughs> I'll tell you the answer. I'll tell you, Tucker called me and I'll tell you. You've got to protect more people by killing the killers. That's the whole point. You're not trying to kill for the sake of killing. You're trying to bring out, bring out justice so that you can protect the innocent. Come on, Tucker. I, that, that, that question right there, I was like, okay. <laughs> He's really, it's got to be an act because this is the dumbest question I've heard. And people who profess different religions in Russia consider Russia their motherland. They have no other motherland. We are together. This is one big family. And our traditional values are very similar. I've just mentioned one big family, but everyone has his, her own family. And this is the basis of our society. And if we say that the motherland and the family are specifically connected with each other, it is indeed the case, since it is impossible to ensure a normal future for our children and our families unless we ensure a normal, sustainable future for the entire country. For normal as in not all this LG whatever, all this stuff where, where he's very big on making sure that people have, are able to have babies and, and, and continue the society and do the to the, the to keep keep the uh, keep the society going because at one point they were not sustaining their society and so they pulled back they said this is a big problem we can't, we don't want to go down this road and that's what Elon Musk has said is the number one problem in the world if we don't solve that problem it's going to be over anyway it's not going to be a nuclear explosion it'll just be everyone's going to be in a diaper in an old folks home <laughs> that's what he said and that's 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 true just 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 go out with a with a thud instead of a an explosion anyway so that i want you to, that portion right there if you want to go back and look at that that's at the, the 140 mark is is where he asks that uh tucker asked that question of him and then at the 148 mark he's asking about ai so check this one out higher start do you think? <laughs> you're asking increasingly more complicated questions. To answer them, you need to be an expert in big numbers, big data and AI. Mankind is currently facing many threats due to the genetic researches. It is now possible to create a superhuman, a specialized human being. A genetically engineered athlete, scientist, military man. There are reports that Elon Musk had already had a chip implanted in the human brain in the USA. 
Илон Маск внедрил уже чип в мозг какого-то человека. What do you think of that? Ну, Маска, я думаю, что Маска остановит. Nevertheless, you need to find some common ground with him, search for ways to persuade him. I think he's a smart person, I truly believe he is. So you need to reach an agreement with him, because this process needs to be formalized and subjected to certain rules. This, part, this next part is very important, because he says, during the, the nuclear we realized that the danger of nuclear war and so the world came together and decided how we would deal with this so that we wouldn't annihilate everyone in the world and the same thing needs to happen with AI. Humanity has to consider what is going to happen due to the newest development in genetics or in AI. One can make an approximate prediction of what will happen. Once mankind felt an existential threat coming from nuclear weapons, all nuclear nations began to come to terms with one another since they realized the negligent use of nuclear weaponry could drive humanity to extinction. It is impossible to stop research in genetics or AI today, just as it was impossible to stop the use of gunpowder back in the day. But as soon as we realize that the threat comes from unbridled and uncontrolled development of AI, or genetics, or any other field, the time will come to reach an international agreement on how to regulate these things. I thought that was a great, that shows just such wisdom, and you can tell that he's thinking about these things, that he doesn't want the annihilation of the human race, that he is for peace and not for war, like they've tried to, to make him out to be as the boogeyman. Um, I, I really like also the fact that he's been in power. Look at it, he's been there through Clinton and Bush Sr., Bush Jr., but with President Trump and all these ones, so he's got this, this wealth of, of experience and understanding about these things, which is, is hugely important for uh, his people. Really, really, there's a lot to be said <laughs> for not having this term limits type of thing. I really do think. All right. So um, then this last one, he's talking, he's asking about, um, you know, why are they dismantling Orthodox Christianity in Ukraine? They're trying to destroy uh, the, the, the fiber that holds the, hold the people together and that, that uh, helps to produce a, a long-lasting society and a and healthy culture and, and, and all that. So he, that was, I think that was really, really good. He brought out another very interesting story about, um, you know, there are some who've been so brainwashed that they don't even realize, like when, when there are truly Russian people who have been brainwashed into thinking that they need to protect themselves from these bad guys, Putin, right? Just like we've heard this, you know, on the mainstream media, how horrible Putin is and how brutal these people are. And they're hearing the same thing. And so they are there and they, they said the Russian, basically the Russians said, come out, you know, with your hands up. And they said, we won't give up. And they, they were, they were ended up dying. They ended up being killed because they tried to shoot back and they were, they had to be killed because they were brainwashed. 
not so different from these people who end up you know, taking the jab and, and, and taking these treatments from the big pharma that are, that, that, you know, just pray the, the Lord will guide you on what to take for your health. Again, I go to my channel, freedomforce.live slash health. I've got so many ways that you can have alternative therapies for a, a host of things, for heart health, for bipolar, for depression, for just detoxing from every malady, from just it's a pain and all this. And they don't, they don't realize, and they walk straight to the slaughter, right to the slaughter. And that's exactly what he was talking about, these, uh, these people in, in Ukraine who were brainwashed into this. So can you imagine if you're in that position? That you, you know, you're sent to the front lines and supposedly to protect your country and, and, and you don't realize that these people are trying to save your life. Anyway. All right. So I think that was everything on the, on the Tucker clip. Yes. And then this one is about Mike Lindell. He's saying the next 60 days are critical. This was just yesterday. He says, we have five, I'm sorry, we have 50 of those WMDs. So they identify that if this machine is, uh, is hooked to the internet and they use it, they were successful using it. And so we need 3000 more for the, for the 2024 election. And we need to get them to the, into the counties. We need to get them there. Uh, so definitely go. And each tool is $600. So everybody just do a little bit. If you do it, just ask the Lord what to do, what, how you can help. And you go on lindelloffensefund.org, lindelloffensefund.org. So you can help to provide these WMDs. You can also go on mypillow.com slash Melly. They've got still free shipping and just whatever you, you put over there, I'm sure he's going to, it's going to end up in this Lindell Offense Fund. So, you know, however you want to do it, that's one of the main things that we can do to help uh, to protect the 2024 election. Um, so it's really, really great. So this is the goodie I wanted to show you guys at the end. Um, I want you to see what President Trump said yesterday. To the whole world that come November is going to be different. And the reason we have the spirit is because we see how bad they are. If you like me, I love you. I love you. <laughs> I mean, we've never lost you. We've never lost you. He said he felt like he was at home in South Carolina, at home. I just love that. I love a president who loves us, who really, and you can tell Putin really loves his people and he loves the world. He's trying to save the world from these, this terrible, terrible enemy. Thank you, Lord, that you've shown us who this enemy is, that this is, this is the cabal. This is the new world order beast of revelation. And that the truth is we're going to destroy them. President Trump knows that this is the final battle, the final battle of Armageddon. If you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, if this is new news to you, it's very, very good news. The news of, of, of the end times and a thousand years of peace for us, and end times for them and a thousand years of peace for us. If you're not familiar with that, go and check out the book. Uh, it's $2.99 over on Amazon. And it's also the audio book is right here and come out of the deception and come into this amazing truth. i go into all the detail in the book of revelation and all the, the different prophetical books, as well as these wonderful truths. Like I was just telling you about the, uh, major clues from minor prophets where he says they come, uh, the Habakkuk said that they will be left penniless and helpless. And like we're seeing the, the, one of the 17 Bible stories is that we're seeing the, the walls of Jericho come crashing down on all these evildoers. So just every Bible story we've ever heard, we're seeing it played out for before our eyes. I think that's it. Is there anything else you guys, I'm going to, we're going to pray. And if there's anything else that you guys wanted me to, 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 to or say before the end, uh, we will, 
I'll, I'll try to do that after, before we go. Thank you again, Lord. We praise you that you are the king of the world and that nothing can stop what is coming because this is your plan. You told us this day would come. We didn't understand what was going to happen, but we are so thankful that you are speaking to us and helping us to, to know what to do and protecting us and, and guiding us through and, and helping us to be part of what you're doing and being uh, on this Freedom Force Battalion where we're going to take the kingdom by Force. What an honor. What a blessing. Thank you for our Freedom Force Battalion here on this morning, sharing this with us. We just pray that you would use our lives however you see fit. What an honor it is. Uh, we just pray you would bless us. We pray that you would bless all the white hats. Help us to piece all this together. Bless Tucker. Bless Bannon. Bless our wonderful President Trump. Bless Putin. Bless all those who are trying to fight for, for truth and righteousness. Uh, we pray that those who are working at odds with humanity, those who have joined in league with the cabal, that we pray they will be exposed and they'll be destroyed and they will nothing uh nothing that they attempt will come to to pass lord i pray for everyone who's listening i pray you bless them lord i pray you strengthen them i pray you give them uh the courage and the peace i pray you that they need i pray you give them the uh the unity in their families i pray that you restore anything that's broken i pray you provide every need i pray that you would strengthen their bodies against anything that would attack them and uh and give them blessing in everything that they put their hand to i pray this all in your great name king jesus amen who says amen to that y'all give me an amen on that and yeah i see now i've got 319 likes if you'll do me a quick like before you go i would really appreciate it and pray that we'll just continue to be able to get the news the good news out was there anything else no i didn't talk about the the, the, the super bowl at all i haven't talked about that at all not today. Maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow, and I'll, I'll also do another video. Uh, I might do more on this Putin interview because it was really quite something, and I might do more about the South Carolina rally, and so as soon as I can, and I think that's it. I love you guys. I will talk to you later. <laughs>